My guest today is the well-known artist, Lee Wilson. Lee, thank you for joining me. You know, the primary focus of my podcast is commercial real estate and facilities management. And part of that facilities experience is how the people uh, interact and work within a facility. That's all about environment. So the work as artists such as yourself can greatly impact people. So I want to talk to you about it. Uh, you know, you've done a variety of art but are well-known and respected as a spaced artist from your Cosmos series. But the Cosmos series is also more than just art. Tell me about that. Yes. Um, well, I uh, started creating this series in 2014 uh, after um, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, hosted a series called Cosmos. Um, and um, I just brought out the science nerd in me. And before that, I had been doing a, a series of beach and tropical series based on my passion for the tropics. And so um, I wound up um, starting to create these series of, of paintings based on the night sky. And um, um, I got to the point where I was starting to exhibit the work. Um, and my first um, solo exhibition was at a planetarium in Cocoa, Florida. And um, I was doing a series of artist talks based on my artwork, and it turned out that I was able to communicate science concepts by talking about my artwork. And uh, the, the moment came when um, one of the things that I do in my artwork is mixed media, where I, I put other materials in, such as meteorite fragments. And so and when I did the talks, I had carried a small piece of meteorite fragment uh, in my pocket. And so um, at some point during the talk, I would pull that out and explain, you know, that I have these pieces in my paintings. And um, the moment that I showed this to the people that were watching, and, and some of them were, were young people, um, and I said, who wants to hold a meteorite fragment? And they are all holding their hands. And so the closest one was a little boy, probably 10 or 12. And I put it in his hand. I said, this is the oldest object you will ever hold in your hand. And then proceeded to talk about it being four and a half billion years old, which was formed about the same time as our solar system. And you could just see their heads explode with that bit of information. And of course, they all got to hold it and passed it around. But it connected them to the artwork. And then they started going back again and looking at where the meteorite fragments were. And I explained how these pieces got to the earth. And, and I realized that my passion for science and art converged in being able to talk about my work like this. And so I came up with what I call science-based artwork, which is artwork that communicates about um, astronomy and planetary science, astrophysics, uh, and has an educational component to it in addition to a fine art component. And it turns out that there is interest in being able to show this artwork. Um, and um, it, it's really changed the way I view my art and, and the way that I've been going about creating work. So Lee, you've done uh, multiple pieces on the moon and you seem to have a, a lot of focus on the Apollo landings. Tell me more about your fascination in this area. Well, I started doing um, a series of shows uh, 
to, to a, a friend of mine who happens to be an astronaut, uh, Nicole Stott invited me to do some events at Kennedy Space Center, uh, the visitor complex there underneath Space Shuttle Atlantis. And I created a piece for that event, which was a celebration of the 50th anniversary of Apollo 8, which gave us the first um, Earthrise photo taken from the moon. And um, that particular painting got a lot of attention, and I, I created the texture of the lunar surface and put a lunar meteorite fragment embedded in the artwork. And it led to a series of other paintings, uh, namely one in particular I called uh, Six Giant Leaps, which is a painting of the surface of the moon uh, that includes the area of all the Apollo landings, which there were six at the time. And so um, if you remember when Neil uh, Armstrong first set foot on the moon, he said um, uh, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And um, what I did was with this painting was put a lunar meteorite fragment in each of the locations of the six Apollo landings entitled the painting Six Giant Leaps. And um, it has all this texture uh, of the lunar surface in it, and it has a very rich um, presentation that people seem to be attracted to. But it also is, is honoring the Apollo program and that bit of history that uh, really changed uh, the way our um, civilization has progressed, I think, since then, both in technology and just being able to see ourselves from a different perspective. So I really love the touch of the meteorites in the different lunar locations. It just seems so real and personal in that. That's a really cool touch. Thank you. So one of the paintings you did uh, was of Mars, of the Mars surface, and it's a particular area of Mars. So I'm curious about why Mars and and was there a reason behind the particular area that you did? Uh, well, the first painting that I did uh, with the topic of Mars is called Water on Mars. And that one was based on the recent discovery that they feel like that there's uh, water that can be used um, on the surface of Mars. And so it has little splashes of blue in it. But it also has a meteorite fragment that's been certified as coming from Mars. And um, so I, I added that to it in addition to um, a, a standard meteorite fragment that, that typically comes from the asteroid belt, which is a, a peer, an area between Mars and uh, Jupiter. And so um, one of the things that came of that was, uh, you know, looking at our place on this planet and the ability that we may have in the future to visit Mars and, and maybe colonize it, um, and so that was my connection with um, with what we're what we're doing and what might happen in the near future. A more recent painting that I've done um, is called Robots of Mars, and that one is based on a NASA image that shows the elevation of the surface of Mars, with the low areas being uh, bluish colors and the higher areas going up in the spectrum until you get to the highest part point of Mars, which is called Olympus Mons, the largest volcano in our solar system. And I was able to obtain enough Martian meteorite material to put a Martian meteorite fragment in all of the locations of the NASA landers and rovers from Viking 1 all the way to the most recent one, uh, Perseverance. 
and uh, that one is going to be part of the uh, Aldrin Art Space collection uh, very soon. Um, but the connection is um, our place in the solar system and where we might be going in the future, and that um, our planet is, um, is precious and we need to preserve it, and one of the ways to do that is to become a multiplanetary species. So this planet, or this painting celebrates that um, multiplanetary concept. You know, you also did a painting um, that is now hanging in a public building in Texas. And I find that very interesting because I know it's attracted a lot of attention. It's changed the, the ergonomics, the look and feel of the building and made it more attractive. And something in facilities management, I certainly have an interest in. Um, how did that come about? Well, uh, interestingly enough, that particular painting is the one that I first exhibited at the Apollo 8 celebration event. Um, and even though it attracted a lot of attention, it didn't sell at that particular event. But more recently, this past summer, uh, in June of 2021, um, I was invited to uh, show my work as part of the Aldrin Art Space Collection, for the Apollo 14 celebration, which happened about six months after the 50th anniversary due to COVID constrictions. And so I exhibited that painting, my Earthrise painting, um, at that uh, event. And um, the woman who bought it donated it back to the organization called Back to Space. And their mission is to build a facility in Texas called the Lunar Landscape Experience. And uh, after that painting was donated, I contacted them to ask them if they wanted me to ship it or I could deliver it in person. And the painting that size would have been a couple thousand dollars to build a crate and to ship uh, from Tampa to Texas. And so they opted to pay my expenses to have me deliver the painting to them. And so they wound up... Um, dedicating it, uh, and it's now hanging in uh, Jackson uh, Jacksboro Town Hall uh, until the facility is going to be completed sometime in 2022. And um, the process of going there, I got to visit the small town, which is very similar to the small town I grew up in in western Kentucky, and got to know the people there. And in the process of getting to know them and their organization, um, we agreed that they would like me to create some lunar artwork specifically for the building. And I'm now working with the architect in, in, in what we want to uh, create for their space um, that will uh, augment what they're trying to do with the lunar landscape experience, which is really quite exciting. And uh, it, that process is ongoing. So hopefully... Sometime in the next few months, I will be working on so probably the largest artworks I've ever created uh, that will be lunar-themed uh, paintings and uh, will also contain lunar meteorite fragments as well as some uh, other things that we're talking about doing. But it's, it's the idea is to be part of that lunar landscape experience that people will see when they come into the building. You know, you've had some showings at some very prestigious places like Mosey. Uh, which is the Museum of Science and Industry in Tampa, and most notably, Kennedy Space Center uh, on more than one occasion. Uh, you know, what's that like? Well, it's really um, kind of like being in a cathedral. Uh, in, for example, when I, my first exhibition uh, was at the um, 
Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex underneath the Space Shuttle Atlantis. And having my artwork being shown underneath such an iconic uh, spaceship um, and being around people who've flown into space and seen the Earth from the moon and walked on the moon um, is, is awe-inspiring and quite humbling to be in an environment like that. Uh, being underneath the Saturn V with my artwork, um, it just was. It it just created this sense of awe, and I felt honored to be able to be in that um, environment. You know, recently you met Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you presented him with one of your works. That must have been really exciting. It was. It was. Um, and I, I'm going to have to do a, a thank you shout out to my partner Kelly who knew he was coming to Tampa and bought tickets, um, and not just tickets, but VIP tickets, so that we could be able to get a little bit closer um, to him uh, during the question and answer at the end. And um, I was so excited to be able to to see him, I decided to create a, a piece of artwork uh, that I knew he would like. And it is basically the foundation of astrophysics, which is the combining of astronomy and physics uh, using something called stellar spectroscopy. And what that does is combine a telescope with a prism in such a way that it breaks the color of light, visible light in the spectrum, out to its components, which looks like a rainbow, essentially. And embedded in that are little dark lines that indicate the uh, elements that are in the atmosphere of the sun. And um, there was an episode in um, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey called Hiding in the Light, where he explained how that came to be and what we've learned from it. And in that episode, you could see how, I guess you could say choked up or emotional he was about that discovery. And I knew that was the perfect piece of artwork to make for him. And so that night, we were able to talk to the uh, people, the staff at Strass Center, where the, where the event was, and showed them the artwork. And they were able to get it back to his dressing room before the show so that he could see it. And they came back and said, he just absolutely loves this painting. And so when we were able to get to the question and answer period, I was able to ask him a question about stellar spectroscopy. And at the end of that, I asked him how much, you know, that he, if he liked his painting. And he just went on about how he loved it and compared it to a Van Gogh because I used the texture that I do in my artwork in that painting, along with uh, the, the lines. The dark lines are called Fraunhofer lines uh, on, in honor of Joseph Fraunhofer, who discovered them. And he just described how much he loved the painting, and it's actually on its way to him now. Uh, couldn't very well give it to him to be able to, um, for him to be able to take it with him um, while he was touring. And so uh, he sh actually should be getting it uh, tomorrow at the Hayden Planetarium in New York City. Um, but already knowing that he he loved the painting, I'm really curious to see, you know, what happens from that, if, uh, if he actually, you know, acknowledges that at some point. Um, but even if he doesn't, you know, I know that he's going to enjoy it and that it means something special to him. And I was honored to be able to, to make that for him. 
and uh, it was it was a wonderful evening. I got a chance to get to know him a little bit better, and and I love his presentations, the way he injects humor into his into his um, talks, and and be able to interact with the audience. And it was it was really a wonderful evening, and so I was really glad that we got to do that. That's almost a milestone moment, you know, to have. And I know you've had others too, but as a fan of of Neil deGrasse Tyson myself, mm -hmm. that must have been really a remarkable uh, evening. It really was. Um, I was I was so interested uh, to see how he would react, and he just seems to be so down to earth and personable. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was really a, a really magical moment to be able to talk with him directly and have him answer my question and and react to my artwork. It was it was really cool. So Lee, you did a painting that's very interesting of the Seven Sisters, a constellation of, of seven stars. And it's really not one painting as much as it's a set of paintings. Uh, tell me about that. That's, it's really a fascinating subject and a fascinating constellation. Okay. Yes. Um, that's actually a, a very interesting um, painting. Um, I uh, got the inspiration to create these multi-panel uh, paintings because of my previous time doing um, outdoor art festivals, mostly in Florida, and it was mostly my my tropical beach series. And so one of the things, I had a lot of these small paintings, um, and I thought, you know, I wonder if I can recycle these and create new work out of them. And so what I did, did was I built this scaffolding and put a lot of these paintings together that, that were old paintings from my previous series. And I painted over the whole thing and created a new work of art. And the idea was to create a painting based on the Pleiades, which is also called Seven Sisters. It's a very recognizable constellation in the night sky. And so what I did was is to create the various stars, each one in its own canvas with its own frame that are all put together. Uh, but the idea was this to not create the constellation as you see it from Earth, but to create it as each star was seen from a different point in our uh, galaxy. And so it creates something that's not astronomically accurate looking from Earth, but is kind of a what if. What if other sentient beings are looking at the same constellation from different parts of our solar system? What might that look like? And so each one is like a separate view of one of the stars in the Pleiades. Um, and it's just, it's one of my favorite pieces. It's got the texture and it's got meteorite dust in it and a little bit of diamond dust here and there. Um, and each one of those is, is based on this. It's, 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 a, they're very young stars. It's, it's actually just past the stage of being what's called a stellar nursery. And they're in the process of moving a little further apart as time goes on. And eventually that, that constellation will disappear and it'll, it'll actually have a different shape. Um, but that's, that is one of my favorite paintings, and it's, it's what I call recycled art because it was actually created from, from earlier paintings, um, and uh, uh, it was, it's one of my favorite pieces. I like the way that it, when you hang it, it's, it, it basically projects out from the wall a couple inches so that it tends to, to, to float in space. So that's another nice feature that I, I really like about that piece. So, Lee, one of the paintings you did that's kind of near and dear to my heart because uh, it's hanging in the hallway of our house <laughs> is of Pluto. And Pluto is, is it a planet, an exoplanet? A, you know, what, what is Pluto? has been an argument for a long time. 
But at the end of the day, it's way out there in the middle of nowhere. And what was the fascination with planet Pluto and what uh, the area you covered? Okay. Well, um, that painting was um, created because of um, information that had come to us from the New Horizon space probe that was sent out to Pluto. And uh, uh, we got our first really good look um, at what used to be one of the planets of our solar system, um, but has since been demoted to what's called a dwarf planet or minor planet. Um, but, um, yeah, what happened with that was, um, and the, the title of that painting is called Loving Pluto. And there's, there's two reasons for that, is that on the surface, uh, the imagery that came back, there is a, a portion of the surface of the planet that looks a bit like a heart. And if you look at it the right way, the way that they, the, the, the space probe imaged it at the beginning, it looks a little bit like a heart. And the other thing is that um, there are a lot of people that are not happy that Pluto is no longer considered a major planet in our solar system. And so that it, Pluto has kind of a fan club. And so I titled the painting Loving Pluto because of both the, the shape of the heart in the painting um, as well as that it, it, there is a controversy over it being a, not necessarily a planet anymore. And the reason for that is, from what I understand, and that's one of the things actually that Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about in his recent talk, and he, he gets a, some flack from being on the committee that was uh, decided to demote that uh, to uh, being a minor <laughs> planet. And so what happened was, is that it's in an area of our solar system called the Kuiper Belt. And it just so happens that it's the first Kuiper Belt object that was discovered. And we didn't know that there were other uh, planetary bodies similar to that in that area. And so we've since found dozens, I think there's probably hundreds out there now, um, that are very similar to Pluto uh, in that it's not considered a, a, a planet in terms of what we call a planet in our solar system. And so it's a copper belt object and also it's considered, I believe they, the term is dwarf planet. So planet is still in its name, but it has its own moon, which is interesting, which is some people thought it should be a planet because it has a moon. Um, but um, it is a controversy. And so they, they basically, this astronomical group set down criteria of what a planet is and what it isn't. And so it came down on the side of not being a planet, that there's still people that consider it one. And uh, um, I'm, I'm going to go with the astronomical um, determination that it's a dwarf planet, but uh, I, I think it's uh, probably my favorite dwarf planet. So, Lee, we've been talking about uh, all the work you've done uh, around the moon and planets and such, but What's uh, what's coming up? What's the future hold? Well, um, in addition to doing some commission work for the Back to Space uh, Lunar Landscape Experience, I'm also working with an organization in Houston called Sci Art Exchange, um, and their um, mission is to combine art and science and celebrate the intersection between art and science. Um, and they've they've been doing a lot of um, uh, student type exhibitions of science-oriented uh, artwork, and um, I'm going to be working with them in the future to de be developing science-based art exhibitions that teach science through the medium of art. And um, we're looking at creating 
some special exhibitions that would be touring the country in science centers and planetariums and university galleries across the, the uh, country. And uh, that's going to be something we're going to be uh, working on very soon. You know, that's a great approach to teaching science, really, is, is putting art in it. And it makes it more real. You know, you're not just looking at a textbook and pretty pictures. You're, you're really seeing it in the art that somebody does. I really hope you have uh, good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah, actually, one of the it's actually one of these things where uh, if you've heard of programs called STEM, S-T-E-M, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, uh, what SciArt Exchange is expanding that to something called STEAM, where it includes the arts, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, uh, which is something the Aldrin Family Foundation is also doing, where they use uh, science in in an art context to be able to make it visually appealing and being able to find another way to communicate with young people about science. And it's, it's actually very exciting what's been happening in that field. You know, I, I watch your Facebook page, and, and it sounds like you've met some interesting former and current astronauts, their families. Who all have you met? Um, well, it's interesting. Um, Facebook's been very good to me in terms of, of being able to get my artwork out there for people to see and enjoy. And one of the people I connected with was uh, a veteran NASA astronaut, Nicole Stott, uh, who happens to also be an artist. And she created the first painting in space, a, a watercolor, uh, based on um, an area in the, in the Caribbean that she painted, um, but some other areas as well. But she, uh, she, we had a connection, and she's been able to open doors for me. And um, uh, some of the events that I got to do at Kennedy Space Center were because of her. In addition to the the um, the exhibition at MOSI was uh, part of um, um, an exhibition called Space for Art, which is the name of her foundation that she uh, uses to uh, work with children that are dealing with cancer and uh, being in refugee camps. And so uh, we have a common goal uh, to be able to combine art and science. And um, it's been, uh, that's been a very good thing. Uh, also being involved uh, with people that I've met that invited me to uh, be a member of the International Association of Astronomical Artists, which is a national organization, international organization, I should say, uh, of uh, artists that, that specialize in the topic of space and space exploration. Um, that happened because of my social media connections. Uh, also, I've been able to meet people that have walked on the moon um, by doing an event um, called Space Fest in Tucson, Arizona. And that all came about through connections that I made uh, on social media. Um, so it's really been exciting to find the, these connections and um, and to meet people from all over the world that have a, an interest in art and science. So, Lee, how do people find you and get in touch? Okay, well, um, several places on the internet. Uh, my website, where for my Cosmos work, is eleewilsonjr.com. Uh, that's also my um, name under my LinkedIn account, uh, as well as Facebook. I have an artist page on Facebook, um, and so those are probably the best places to find me. I'm also a curated artist of Aldrin Art Space, uh, which has a number of 
artists on there that they specifically curate work uh, that has that's based on the moon, lunar types of things, as well as space exploration. Uh, but it, they're curated in a way that it's, it's most of the pieces are more abstract. Um, but I have several pieces on there now, and there's actually four more pieces that are getting ready to be part of their their program. So it's uh, that's Aldrin Art Space. Uh, org, I believe. So Lee, thank you for taking time out today to talk about your art. And, and it's really fascinating how you've combined science and art into uh, something that I think really does make a difference for people. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about my work. I enjoyed it very much.